This is Employment Law on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Hey, hey, we're uh, we're ready to go. If you are John Scholes here, Chris Justice, Sam Furu, Tamarkin LLP is where you want to uh, to reach out. Real, real simple to join us. We're live, by the way. We uh, we always like to do this live, as you know. Four one six eight seven two ten ten to join us. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. We got lots of stuff to get through. Termination versus layoff. We don't like either of those words, but we're going to cover them, and that's just the way that's going to work. But your phone calls are always priority. Chris is ready to go, so we hope you are as well. Week that was, uh, beginning of the show, what do you got, bud? Yeah, today I wanted to talk a little bit about off-duty conduct and how that can sort of impact someone's working relationship with the, with the employer of theirs. Uh, I've talked about this on other shows before where, you know, somebody might make a comment online or do something on their own time away from work, you know, not thinking at all about how it, it may or could affect their job. And I think that nowadays, especially in this age of social media and, and the Internet and how quickly word can spread and, and how much you can sort of broadcast things, there's probably even more of an onus on people to sort of you know understand that what they could do or what they do or say outside of the workplace could actually affect their job um there was uh there was a case i had recently where someone had actually been um charged uh, outside of work unrelated to the job but charged with a serious assault charge right and uh they didn't give any details to their employer about the charge but the employer was aware of the charge and ultimately, the employer terminated this individual for cause, um, basically saying that we can't have people, you know, employees of ours getting charged with things like assault. But the fact that the employer didn't do any investigation, didn't seek any further details, um, and also because they couldn't end up proving the harm that was caused as a result of this uh, information, the judge in this case ended up uh, basically dismissing the cause altogether and saying that, you know, look, even though you may have had an employee who had this serious charge, uh, you didn't do an investigation. You didn't show there was harm done to the company. And so you don't have cause and you owe this guy 12 months of severance because he had been there for about 12 years. And so it's just an example of, I think, situations where employers will, um, in a lot of cases, let people go for things they find out about, you know, outside of the workplace. And, you know, this case, it was an assault charge. But as I say, it could be something related to social media. And I think we're going to probably see a lot more uh, in the future decisions being made to let people go because of something they may have said on social media or on the Internet somehow. And I think also we're going to see a lot of these alleged cause situations, unfortunately. And as I've said also, I think on the show many times, very, very difficult for employers to establish just cause. It's known as the capital punishment in the employment law world. And even if you think there's something that might have been said or done on social media or something that happened outside of the workplace that um, you frown upon, that many people may frown upon, it doesn't also mean that you have the right then to let that person go for just cause. And, and that's you know where this one employer got into some hot water about. Um, now, having said that, there are going to be situations where people let go without cause. Maybe the employer just doesn't like what they communicated online or, or what they did outside of the workplace. And there's always that chance to lose your job. Um, employers don't necessarily have to have the best reason, but it, it comes down to whether they're going to be offering people severance in these cases. Right. And so I think, like I say, over time, we're probably going to see a lot more of these sort of situations where employers are looking online, seeing what presence their employees have and, and making certain decisions, which I'm sure is definitely going to come and, and bite them in the butt on, on the other end uh, in a lot of these cases, unfortunately. But yeah, I, I thought it would be important to kind of raise from the outset, just just given the, the changing landscape and 
you know, this this trend of employers who take these very hardline approaches but don't actually have cause. And then, you know, lo and behold, the employees are looking at their full severance and, and maybe even more because of the fact that they even had to deal with this cause allegation. Do you think, uh, Chris, would this be something that employers are going to start working into an employment contract when you start? Something to do to protect themselves from this sort of thing? Like how, how far you can go on social media with mentioning the company or you represent the company even though you're not at work? That type of language? Or have you seen that already? Yeah, no, I've definitely seen that. I've seen that um, more and more as we've sort of gone through the years as things have evolved. And I I think that it is probably on the employer to establish some sort of policy, of course, setting out what the expectations are. And then you've just got other situations that may be case to case sort of basis type thing where maybe you've got a very public facing role. um, And so in that context, what you say and do outside of your job could actually reflect um, a lot more on the company than, say, somebody who, I don't know, is working in a warehouse wherever with you know, literally no social media presence whatsoever. Um, so so there's going to be situations where, yeah, is there a policy in place? Is there clear expectations identified in that policy? You know, what is the, the nature of this person's role and how does that kind of relate to, to what's being accused? Um, did the company actually suffer harm? You know, again, a lot of companies may look at it and say, this isn't good. We're letting you go for cause, but is there actually harm that can be shown to have been caused as a result of that? Um, and so employers just have to consider all these steps and realize that there are a number of factors to, to build into this and that, yes, going uh, as far as policy is concerned, those can go a long way in, in trying to protect employers and then at the same time give employees at least expectations of what is and what isn't allowed. Because, you know, as we're saying, back in the day, this wouldn't even have thought. But now it's something we're having to consider. And, and that's where you get these updated sort of policy booklets or codes of conduct right. or, or ethic books, um, that sort of thing. Good start, guys. And uh, again, as we get through our couple main topics here this afternoon over the course of the hour, you're always invited to, encouraged to actually uh, get on air with us and interrupt us. We'd love to have you with us. That number again, 416-872-1010 to call into the show. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the uh, the email address as well. So we'll get to some of those if we got time. Okay, termination versus layoff. Uh, first of two topics today, if we get around to both, but that's a good one. Um, I know it sounds basic. I know this is a question that most people are a lot of people who listen to the show every week would know, but um, what is a termination? Chris, break it down in the next minute or two. Yeah, again, very some basic uh, concepts here, and, and a lot of listeners have already heard about this, but I think it's really important because even still today, I get people calling in and sort of conflating layoffs and terminations and this and that, and they all think they're one and the same. Um, but, you know, so these different terms do get thrown around, but a termination is basically any situation where you lose your job involuntarily, you know, through no fault of your own or through no decision of your own. The company is the one who decides that you're not going to be working here any longer. And of course, the opposite to this is resignation, you know, where the employee themselves voluntarily says, I'm leaving, I'm out of here, or maybe I'm retiring. Um, but if the company is the one who makes the decision and says, we're, we're letting you go, um, then that is considered a termination uh, as as long as you've lost your job, as I say, or at least you know you've been given notice that your job is coming to an end at some point in the future. And that is how we're just going to get warmed up here. Lots more on that particular topic on the way termination versus layoff. Might get your emails. And if we have time, what your employer legally cannot do. We'll get to those talking points as well. But in the meantime, we're going to give you a chance now to grab a phone and join us on air. We had Tim there. I don't know where he went. He disappeared. But come on back, Tim. We'd love to get you on that number, 416 872 
1010 as we continue right here on the Employment Law Show. Stay with us. Listening to Employment Law on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. All righty, good stuff. 118 on your Sunday. Good to be back. Chris Justice is here, of course, and Firu Tamark in the LLP. You want to reach out to Chris anytime when we're not doing the hour of radio. He's got a great team behind him, always ready to fuel your phone calls. Just have a chat. If that's all it takes, won't cost you a dime, and uh, it's all on your time. one 821 5900 to do that. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And that website, don't forget about it. It's free. It's anonymous. It's built to make you smarter. And you'll also have access to that severance calculator, which does what it's told years ago when over 2 million Canadians, honestly, across the country have used it, and that to calculate the proper amount of severance you should be getting. That can be found, all of it, at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We're going to get back into our discussion of termination versus severance very shortly, but uh, as always, we take the uh, the phone calls first. We'll get uh, Tim on the air here, I think. So I'm going to get Tim on the air. My mouse is being tricky. Hi, Tim. What's up, buddy? How are you? Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hi, Tim. Good, sir. What's up? Great. Yeah, just a quick question. Yeah. Uh, is it illegal uh, for an employer to uh, take vacation time without uh, paying it out? Uh, uh, have you been let go from your job? Uh, not let go. Uh, just okay. they enact a new policy that you can only roll over a certain amount of vacation days. Right, and so right. if you exceed those vacation days, uh, you will uh, lose, uh, lose the others. Yeah, so so in general, in general your employer has to compensate you for any vacation time that you've earned but has not yet been paid out. Um there are some situations though where policies will actually allow you to um gain a benefit as far as vacation that's above and beyond what the law will set out as its bare minimum. Um and in those particular situations, it is possible employers can sort of have these uh, I don't know if you call it use it or lose it policies, um, but at no time can your employer actually withhold the amounts that you're owed by law at the very minimum. And so a lot of people have come to me, you know, let's say they're owed 4% vacation or 6% vacation pay, or they've got, you know, certain vacation weeks that they didn't use, but they weren't compensated for, then absolutely your employer should be paying those to you, um, usually within the next pay period, or sometimes they'll they'll save it up over the year and pay it at the end of the year. So it may come down to um, how much you know, vacation you've used, how much vacation you've been given, and also if there's any sort of policy or document or sort of booklet from the employer side, and, and maybe a review of that might shed some further light on it. But I, I do find that a lot of employers are um, inappropriately and illegally uh, withholding certain amounts of money, whether it's wages or vacation pay or time. So. You know, this might be something you want to you want to have looked into. And um, I mean, by all means, you can give our office a call and we can look to, to chat with you and set up a consult. Oh, great. Thanks. Uh, I'll just kind of Thank- do. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Tim. Thank appreciate the uh, appreciate the call. Enjoy the rest of uh, your weekend for you as well. Lots of time to join us here. Chris gives answers just like that. Get you down the right road right away. 416-872-1010. Uh, to join us, we're talking about termination versus layoff. Let's get to a little more of the termination piece. Um, we <clears> mentioned <throat> what it is. Are there different types of terminations, Chris? Yeah, so so there are different types of terminations. I guess, broadly speaking, you've got a termination without cause, and then you've got a termination for cause. And, and at the very beginning of the show, I was talking about how some employers allege that there is cause to terminate someone's employment uh, based on their off-duty conduct or, or their conduct outside of the workplace. And I, I also mentioned that a cause termination is often referred to as the capital punishment of the employment law world. But 
We'll start with without cause first. So without cause terminations are the most common forms of, ta- of terminations. Uh, a lot of people refer to this as I've been laid off, but actually that's not true. And we'll, we'll get into to what exactly a layoff is. But a without cause termination is the most common. And it's when you haven't necessarily done something bad, but maybe there's a decision that's been made um, beyond your control. Maybe the, the company's doing some cost cutting, doing some restructuring, outsourcing, whatever it is, but not typically something that in any way reflects on you as an individual. And employers are allowed to do this. They can let people go in these scenarios. They don't have to necessarily, as I said also before, have the best reason, but this would be a without cause termination. And this is where you would be looking at getting your full severance. But the other termination, as I mentioned, is for cause. So this is usually where you've done something much worse. Maybe you've stolen from the company. Maybe you've lied to the company on on multiple occasions. And, and essentially, the company is now coming to you and saying, you know, it's just not, not possible for us to continue this relationship anymore. Maybe there's a breach of trust or, or some serious incident happened in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the employer is basically saying it's so bad, you know, it's a capital punishment, so to speak, and we have to let you go for cause. And when they do this, they typically say, we're not giving you any money. You know, you may be owed upwards of two years of severance normally, depending on who you are. But because we have cause, you're getting nothing or you're getting very little. And when they do have cause, when it's actually legitimate, which is very, very rare in my experience, but when they do, then yes, you may be withheld to nothing or just your bare minimum entitlements. But um, unfortunately, a lot of employers say they have cause when they just don't, when the law would say that, no, that's not the case. And that's where you're then back to looking at your full severance. So if you're somebody who's been let go for cause and you're thinking, I'm dead to rights, um, you know, you, you want to get in touch with a lawyer because the vast majority of those scenarios are just situations where the employer is trying to get away with something when actually, as I say, they owe you upwards of two years of severance. And we'll uh, slide over to the layoff portion here in just a minute, but always the phone calls first, 416-872-1010, We'll get Dave on the line here and uh, see what Dave's got to say uh, this afternoon. Hey, Dave, thanks uh, so much for taking the time, pal. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Dave. You, Chris? You bet. Good, sir. Go ahead. What's on your mind? Hey. I got a question for you. Um, so I'm, uh, my, I've got a management position, and the company only pays uh, vacation pay based off of my base salary. does not include any bonuses or, or incentives or anything like that. Whereas everybody below management, sales guys, everything else, they're, they're getting their vacation pay based on total compensation or, or remuneration. Whereas the managers right. are only getting their sal- their their vacation based on base salaries, is that is that correct? Um, it, it may be or it may not be. So the employment legislation um, defines wages as potentially including more than just someone's base salary. And so in the example you gave, where there are salespeople, a large portion of these individuals' salary or wages are actually coming from commissions. And so they may have a situation, let's say, where they've got a $50,000 base salary, but every year they're averaging another $100,000 or $50,000 in commissions. And the Employment Standards Act here in Ontario would actually generally consider both the base and the commission as wages under the act. 
and that's typically what needs to be paid out or that's how you do the calculation as far as vacation pay is concerned you don't necessarily just do the base wages alone mm-hmm. but there are other there are other situations where somebody earns a base wage and then maybe they are um, subject to a discretionary bonus at the end of the year some sort of bonus maybe based on their performance or the performance of the company and then attached to that could be this bonus plan and it's not to say that you're automatically owed your vacation pay on the bonus, even though a bonus okay. and a commission might look similar. Um, right. it, it could very well come down to, you know, uh, whether there's a document that sets out how the bonus works or maybe how commissions work. Um, but yeah, there are still a lot of scenarios where employers do only say they're paying based on base wages. And they're not including things like commissions or maybe car allowances can sometimes be considered wages as well. So um, it's something that a lot of people, I think, should look into and obviously not assume that their employer's right. Um, But, you know, there are certainly some situations, depending on the case, where um, at least as far as the employment standards legislation is concerned, they don't have to pay vacation pay on that particular amount. But it'll it'll come down to case by case basis. Right, right. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Okay. Thanks for the info. Yep. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks. for calling in. All Thanks, right. Dave. Appreciate yeah, it, pal. And uh, yeah, you too. And again, any uh, questions going forward, you can always reach out afterwards and ask uh, yeah. Chris on your own time, 1 855 821 5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Okay. We kind of covered termination there a bit. Now we're going to flip over mm-hmm. to its, uh, its ugly cousin, the layoff. What What is a layoff? Yeah. So again, people come to me and say, hey, Chris, I've been laid off. And I spend the first minute thinking they've been temporarily laid off. And then I realize they mean terminated. So again, these these terms get sort of thrown around. But a layoff, as far as the law is concerned, is when you are let go, but on a temporary basis. So you are you know, doing your job, whatever, Monday to Friday, and then your employer comes to you and says, uh, you know, maybe there's been a downturn in business or, you know, we're, we're placing you on a layoff for this particular reason, maybe outside of your control. And we're going to call you back. Our intention is to call you back. So just, you know, hold tight. Um, a few months uh, from now, hopefully we'll be looking to call you back. And that's typically what a, a layoff is considered. But what a lot of people I think don't realize is that in the vast majority of cases, a temporary layoff is not something your employer can do without your consent. And if they don't get your consent, say in the form of a signed piece of paper, a document, or maybe your verbal consent, um, there's actually in a lot of cases, no uh, um, ability for the employer to place you on that layoff. And it could in the eyes of the law be seen very easily as a termination. And so a lot of people I speak to on a daily basis, you know, talk to me about situations in the past where they were placed on a layoff and they just, you know, accepted it thinking that this is something an employer could do because, you know, maybe there's this one aspect of the law that says as much. And, And it becomes a problem because then there becomes this history of layoffs and then they come to speak to me and maybe it's the second or third layoff. And they're saying, you know, Chris, enough's enough. I don't want to do this anymore. This is ridiculous. I don't agree to this layoff. And then I say to them, well, look, you may not have signed anything or verbally agreed, but you've got this history that's in place. And now it's an implied part of your job that this can happen. And that's, I think, a big problem when it comes to layoffs is people not realizing that they do have the option to dig in and say, no, I don't want to go on a layoff. But once they say they do or that they're willing to do so, that's when it creates the precedent. That's when it becomes tough to to get around it if it ever happens before. so yeah, like like I said, the law can look at this as as though it's a termination. And just like if someone was terminated without cause, if someone placed on a layoff, they don't agree to it, and the, the company just insists, 
that person can still potentially then go after the employer for upwards of 24 months of severance as well. And we're going to come back after a short break. We'll get to that more of layoffs and more of your phone calls. 416-872-1010. Employment Law Show continues. Hang on. This is Employment Law on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. All righty, we're back at it. One thirty-four. Good to have you along on a Sunday afternoon. Chris Justice, you want to reach out to Chris after the show. We always encourage you to do so. Maybe it's a matter you want to talk on your own time, maybe a little bit of a lengthy conversation, problem with your boss, maybe you're an employer and you have some issues with an employee you want to discuss, you could do that as well. one 821 5900 to reach Chris outside the show. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. You can always use the website on your own time, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. But phone calls, we've got open lines. We've got tons of time, so bring them on. We welcome you to the show, 416-872-1010, 416-872-1010. We were kind of talking about termination versus layoff. We got into the layoff portion of it. Um, you know, a lot of people assume, you know, I get laid off, Chris, or I did this, this happened. I just, I guess I just got to take it with a grain of salt. Does an employee have to accept a layoff? Yeah, as I was saying just before the break, and in most cases, employees don't have to accept it, and uh, they can treat it as though it's a termination. Um, and, and again, when they do accept it, you kind of create that implied term now of your employment that this is something that can happen in the future, even though maybe you accept something one time that's only three weeks long of a layoff. Right. The employer tries to do uh, a layoff after that of, of three months um, still might be problematic given your earlier acceptance. But no, generally speaking, you don't have to accept it. Um, there are, though, some situations where Maybe there isn't a specific history in your case, but with so like say your construction employees or just certain industries where it's very standard that there's going to be a layoff maybe during the winter time or something. And maybe you've just started your job and you know there hasn't been any history of layoffs in your case, but the industry is one where layoffs are sort of seen as accepted, seen as implied. So there are some occasions where an employee is going to have, I'll say, less leverage in digging in and, and telling their employer, no, I don't want to be placed on the layoff. But outside of those limited situations, employees do generally have that option to either accept it and then let the consequences flow from there or you know, object to it. And uh, as I always say to people, you know, putting things in writing, um, you know, stating your objection or concerns is, is always beneficial. But also, you want to talk to a lawyer before you have any real significant exchanges with your employer as well, because you never know I've seen time and time again, people will kind of do it all on their own. They'll craft these emails. They'll have back and forth with their employer where maybe there's some kind of negotiation going on or, or they just say yes or accept it somehow. And then they come to me and they say, oh, Chris, I didn't know my rights. And then unfortunately, in a lot of cases, I'm saying, well, ignorance is is no excuse. And, and uh, you know, the law is not necessarily going to look as favorable upon this. So definitely get in touch with a lawyer before you have these exchanges, but know that you do have in general some options. Love it. 416-872-1010 to reach into the show. And uh, we'll get Wendy on the line here who's taking the time to uh, to call through. Wendy, thank you so much for uh, for calling in. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you for uh, taking the time to call us and join the show. What's your question? My daughter just found out she was pregnant but started a new job. Actually, she knew she was pregnant before she started the job. Um, 
it's, it's a little bit of a long story, but she, she lost her prior job because she told them she was pregnant. Uh, they mm. let her go. They didn't let her go for that reason. They didn't give her that reason specifically. They really didn't give it. They just said it's yeah. not going to work out. Um, so she got a new job, and now she's not sure how to handle it. Does she tell them she's pregnant, or does she not? She's about four months along, and uh, she's not showing yet. But um, and, one day, yeah, she, she's on a probationary period. Yeah, I mean, first of all, just with the first thing you mentioned, as far as, you know, someone disclosing they're pregnant and then, lo and behold, they lose their job. Well, highly unlikely the company's ever going to say they did it at all related to the pregnancy. Um, So even, yeah, so even though they may say, oh, it's restructuring or reorganization or you're in the probationary period, we just don't think you're the right fit. You know, you got to ask yourself, you know, is it passing the smell test? You know, does this seem like it makes Clearly, they would have hired her for a reason. And what could have possibly changed? You know, do they actually have a leg to stand on when it comes to possible criticisms that are launching her way? Or does it just all very much seem like a a suspicious thing and, you know, optics looking bad and, you know, kind of your alarm bells going off? And and I always say to people, you know, talk to a lawyer and get some advice because, yeah, there very well may be uh, some discrimination going on. And then, uh, with respect to the most recent situation, it, it's, yeah. yeah, it's a difficult one because, you know, eventually uh, it's going to be found out. But if the employer uh, obviously takes action, maybe similar to the previous one by way right. of letting her go or or whatnot, then right. I think Before you're in the, the same boat. Period, right? Well, yeah, but you're in the same boat because on the one hand, yes, it's always true that technically someone could be pregnant or coming from back from a mat leave or a disability leave. And, and there could be reasons outside of that, that are, that are connected to the termination. It's always possible, but it just, you know, it's going to be analyzed under a bigger microscope when, when something like this happens. And so like in this particular scenario, if they find out and then they say, Oh, you haven't passed your probationary period. We don't think you're the right fit or whatever. Right. then I would want to know, like, what exactly didn't fit, you know, and, and, and I would right. be probing probably for more answers in a case like that than I might in a in a situation where, you know, the person isn't pregnant or there's no concerns around that issue. Right. Um, but but my, my alarm bells would be going off similarly if that sort of thing happened. So I can appreciate it's a tough position for someone to be in. Um, yeah, it's very uh, difficult for her. And she did probe, probe her prior employer, and they just didn't give her a reason. They just said, we, it's just not a good fit. There was no real specific reason. Just not a good I, fit. And so it left her very confused, and, and quite she thought she was yeah. doing very well. So it left her confused and hurt, but she bounced back and got another job within a couple of weeks. But, you know, there was really no severance given because she was only there maybe... For uh, two and three quarter months, yeah, yeah, it was just shy well, of the probationary period. And the other thing people need to understand is that you can actually be let go within the probationary period and potentially be owed a lot of severance just for that fact. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. so it's not it's not to say that there's this blanket rule that says if you're let go within the first three months, you're automatically owed nothing. I've seen cases right. where people have worked at a job for two weeks. And they ended up getting something like four, five, six months of severance after okay. being let go. Okay. So, okay. So not only, yeah, not only could there be a severance aspect to both of these situations, but of course also that human rights aspect too. Yeah, yeah. So, so because she has a new job, um, should she just let the prior one go? But if the same thing, like not pursue 
any kind of any kind of legal action. But with the new job, if the same thing happens, she should call you. Yeah, I guess one question would be how soon after did she get the sec the most recent job? From oh, losing a that, couple of weeks. She's, she's very resilient. Oh. A couple of weeks. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, that that Two might lower weeks, yeah. the. Yeah, that might lower the severance aspect of that case with right. that potential employer, but not necessarily okay. the human rights thing. I, I okay. think I don't I don't okay. want to minimize it. So by all means, if you or her want to get get in touch with us and we could set up a time to chat about both of those scenarios and, and at least um, make as best informed a decision at that point as we can. Okay, perfect. That's great. I, I definitely pass this information on to her. Awesome. Wonderful. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for calling in, Wendy. Appreciate that. Again, I can give you that number if you want to carry on your daughter with the uh, with a phone call. You can now. Uh, you can do so for sure. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is how you do that. Uh, I think we got time quickly to get down to Nancy and see what uh, Nancy is up to today. Nancy, got about a minute for you to uh, start the conversation. Anyway, what's going on with you? Oh, I just have a question. Um, does a sure. employee have to accept a shift that's less than three hours, and um, should they get paid for the three hours? Yeah, I think my understanding when it is sorry. Thanks, thanks for the question. You're talking about student employees specifically. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my understanding is there is that three-hour rule. Um, now there are some exceptions where uh, certain student employees are not entitled to, say, minimum wage or three-hour rule, but it's it's very um, specific. Like if you work at, I think, a children's camp or you're supervising children, or you're doing a recreational program that's run by a charity. I assume none of these are what we're talking about? No, she works at a family entertainment center as a, like a, a birthday party server. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, my, my understanding, last I checked anyways, was there is that three-hour um, rule that they have to be paid. Um, so uh, is the employer in this particular case saying that they're giving them shifts less than that and paying them less? I seen on the schedule where people have been scheduled for less than three hours. Um, So I'm not asking about that, where they are actually scheduled for more than three hours, and then they're told that they're not needed for the three hours, and they're only paid for whatever time that they're there, but they were made to leave before the three hours and then not paid for three hours. Okay, okay, I got you. Well, oh, sorry, yeah, so I think my, again, my understanding would be students... I think as of the last few years have to be paid at least three hours if they regularly work more than three hours. Um, but if they don't work that many hours, then that may not necessarily always be the case. So it just kind of depends on, on, I guess, a case by case basis, but would there be any uh, sort of agreement or document that would have been signed that sort of further fleshes this out? Um, I don't know. I'll have to, to or, probably was all online, the information, I guess. Okay, because I was going to say that that if there's something that the employer, like in this case, is relying upon to say, you know, this is why we're doing what we're doing, and this is why we believe it's on side, and that happens to involve kind of a policy or booklet, you may want to look at that um, just to get a better understanding of what the employer is saying. Because, again, I, I say this a lot, but employers do try to get away with things that they're just simply not able to do. And unfortunately, a lot of people just kind of let it slide. So maybe this is one where... Um, it'd be good if you called into the firm, our firm, and we could set up a time just to chat in more detail because I would want to make sure that nothing uh, nothing afoul is going on. Nancy, appreciate the call. Doug, I see you standing by. Hang on there, big fellow. We're going to get to you on the other side of this short break as we continue the employment. You're listening to Employment Law on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. All righty, we are back and some minutes to go. Chris Justice is your guy before, during, after the show from San Firu to Mark and LLP, the most positively reviewed 
employment law firm in the country. Check it out. You can Google that sucker. Reach out to Chris, too, when the show's done. 1-855-821-5900. And as well, you can email help at employmentlawyer.ca. Going to continue our chat about uh, layoffs and terminations and move on down the line maybe to a, a couple emails as well if we got them. But uh, before that, we'll get to uh, to Doug, who's been graciously and patiently standing by to, uh, to join the show. So, Doug, go ahead, pal. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. <clears throat> Thank you very much. Um, I work for a faith-based charity, and they are—they uh, have redone their statement of faith. Now, I've been there for ten years, and during that time, uh, my belief system has uh, changed dramatically. And they will be asking me to sign the new statement of faith, and I can't really, quote, in good faith, do that. Right. What are my options? Yeah, thank you for the question. Have you had discussions with this employer as far as your concern or objection? Uh, yes, I have. And have they told you, I guess, what the consequences from their perspective would be if you don't sign this um, sign this document? No, that has not been discussed yet. But I would like to be prepared in the event that they say you must sign this. Right, right. Because normally I would say that if it weren't a faith-based or, or say, church-based organization, um, to, to require someone to sign something like that could definitely be seen as discrimination on grounds of religion. Um, but then on the other hand, if you look at something that is more of a faith-based organization and, and I guess part of their ethos or, or morals or code or whatever you want to call it, um, I would see probably that being a potential issue for them. And I could also see them telling you, that if you don't do what it is they're asking, that you will be let go. Um, they may view your decision not to do what they want as, as being something that's incompatible with the, I guess, continuation of employment with them. Now, I, I wouldn't say that this means they have cause to terminate your employment. As I said earlier on the show as well, a lot of employers will let people go for doing things that they don't I guess necessarily approve of, but also which aren't viewed as the as deserving the capital punishment of the employment law world either. So I, I would be quite surprised if there was any chance that they could let you go for cause and basically just have you leave and get nothing on your way out. But there, there definitely could be the the possibility that they terminate you and maybe offer you a severance package, something along those lines, and then it may just come down to whether that severance package is good enough or not, which frankly, a lot of times they lowball people. So you're probably going to want to negotiate or at least talk to a lawyer um, at that point. But I, I would be prepared for the loss, at least of my job, if I don't do what they want. And it's just from there, the question would be, how are they going to, um, you know, let's say package you out or, or what's going to happen from that point forward. But I could definitely see that being a possible consequence. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. And and it also may just one last thing sort of come down to what exactly it is they're asking for or what the difference is or, or why you're not willing to um, agree. I guess that could matter. But in any case, if, if you do want to talk about it a bit more, um, definitely get in touch with us or maybe after speaking with them, get in touch with us and we'll go from there. Okay. I, I appreciate your response. Thank you. 
Uh, thank you. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting call, man. I don't know. It's like like you said. I guess the determining factor in all that one is okay. If they let you go because you've you've kind of changed lanes, fine. But they're going to have to pay them separate. So that's going to be the big deal, right? Yeah, like I'm just thinking again. Normally, you'd think, "Well, wait a minute. How can someone require this as as part of the employment? Like, how does it go to the employment relationship? And you know, there being you know potential discrimination issues there. But then, if it's like I say, a more faith based thing, then then I could see there there might be some issues. I mean, if you're let's say working for a a Christian organization, you convert to Islam. Um, you know, not necessarily going to be compatible and, and it may actually affect the ability for you to do your job and, you know, preach, you know, certain things and, and that kind of thing. So I could see the the logic behind that, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully things work out. Yeah. Uh, I want to move on down to with our uh, remaining few minutes here. By the way, you still have time, though, if you want to give us a phone call, 416-872-1010. What your employee legally cannot do demote you or cut your pay this has happened we've had phone calls about this clear it up for us pal yeah very very common unfortunately very a lot of times clear cut you know in terms of we're reducing your pay or you're going down a peg in the company's hierarchy but again what i find uh, is, is a big issue in these cases is people will take maybe little pay cuts here and there or little changes to the status of their job or maybe someone that reported to them of five people now they only have four people reporting to them and just over time it kind of chips away at it and then maybe it's not even that big of a demotion initially or pay cut initially but it adds up and i just want people to be aware of that because generally speaking you know employers cannot change someone's pay reduce their pay demote them you know, turn to or reduce their hours. For the most part, the answer is no. You know, this is a, a breach of, of the terms of your employment. And then you generally will have the ability to say, I'm not agreeable to this. This is a significant change. And then your options would be to either accept the change if you want. And then mm-hmm. from that, you know, there might be consequences down the road or, you know, like I say, draw a line in the sand, treat it as a termination, go after your full severance up to 24 months. Um, so again, people need to know they've got that option. And even when it's a more minor change, just be mindful and, and maybe you want to get some legal advice early on rather than after there's been maybe four or five little changes over the months or years. And again, as you mentioned before, that it's all dependent, of course, whether you've accepted this before and allowed this to happen previously, then you kind of, uh, you kind of kneecapped yourself at that point, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You've created this new implied term or, or whatever. Yeah. Here's another one your employer cannot legally do to you, force you to quit your job or retire. I expect your resignation, Chris, on my desk today at three o'clock. You've just been terminated slash you've resigned. It's confusing for most people, but they can't do it. Yeah, actually, I had a call not too long ago where someone, you know, a man was elderly and the employer basically had a chat with his daughter and said, you know, look, so-and-so maybe should consider retiring. You know, he's, he's, he's getting up there in age. Is this something he wants to do? Can you can you talk to him about it? You know, kind of thing. And clearly, the idea is that they're they're trying to push this guy out, um, and they're saying that he's he's just not as fast as he was before. Like, there's all this language you'll hear companies say that kind of yeah. skirt around the issue because they don't want to, you know, be seen as discriminating. And so they'll they'll often try to frame it like it's coming from you, or or maybe it's something you should consider. But you know, they don't want to pull the trigger. And even in those cases, there's there's a lot of alarm bells going off, but. Yeah, your employer can't force you to retire, can't force you to resign. That's a voluntary decision made by you and you alone. And if they do try to do something like that where, yeah, they say we're going to consider you to have retired or abandon your job or, you know, we want a resignation, as you say, John, on, on a desk by this time, that's going to be a termination. You're going to be out severance. And depending on the situation, you might be out additional human rights related damages too. 
Can you even write a letter saying, you know, I've, 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 you know, I've been, I've been sniffing around and hearing things about my age, blah, 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 just to let you know, employer, that I have no intentions of retiring. I'm doing a great job. Yeah. So uh, there you go. Have a nice day. Can you do that? Written, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Ready, willing, and able to do my job. You know, dissuade them of any notion that you're slowing down or have that desire, and then they may have to. You know, the ball will be in their court, and they and they may let you go, and that may then look really bad, or or they may wait a bit and let you go later. But at least you're not being put into a position where you're sending something to them saying, I resign or I retire. And even if that's not your intention, it just makes it harder down the line to go after the severance that you probably deserve. And that is what we always say in the show. If you're going to do something, any correspondence, it's, you don't want that he said, uh, she said situation. So you write everything down, mm-hmm. right? Make sure you do that going forward. We are just about out of time. How about that? So you want to reach out to Chris now that you can uh, get some time on your own. Here's how you do it. one 821 5900 the phone number. Email we use is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And that website, it's free. It's anonymous. It'll, uh, it'll teach you a lot and give you access to the severance calculator and so much more. That is pocket employmentlawyer.ca again pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and we'll thank you for joining us enjoy the rest of your sunday enjoy the football and we'll catch you next time right here on the employment law show